I'm Danielle West. Welcome to Intentional Marriages Podcast, where we share vulnerable insights about marriage. Welcome back to wrapping up my conversation with Kelly Hall. So would you say Matt has helped you become more mature spiritually? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. It's it's funny because when we first started um, exploring getting back into church, I would I would ask him questions. We'd go to church and we'd leave and I'd ask him questions. Uh, I remember one Sunday we were leaving and I was like, how does, how does Jesus in the garden talk to God if Jesus is God? I was like, how is this oh, happening? <laughs> I would like to know the mechanics behind it. And he was like, I think we need to go to church. <laughs> but in, so he would, early on, I would ask him a lot of questions and he would respond kindly and thoughtfully to it. So he's kind of held my hand throughout everything and shared with me knowledge when, when I don't have it just from his experience. But I think if he were sitting here, he would probably say, he would probably give me credit for the, uh, I guess the quest for it, the kind of curiosity and that kind of curiosity pulling him back into it. And he would probably tell you that it, it, renewed his questions in a way that's made him kind of more, more passionate about it. And, um, but I, I, he's definitely kind of led me into that and kind of helped me, you know, I'll ask him any question. Well, you, know? you have very thought provoking questions. <laughs> that's something long time ago I wrestled with. And I'm like, no, oh, those are great questions for me to answer as an adult now. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it just, like I said, I'm not afraid to ask the questions, especially because usually the people I'm asking questions to are people that I feel okay to be unguarded with, mm-hmm. you know, like you or Matt, like people that I feel like don't judge it mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of treat me gently. Yeah. I think there's a beauty in it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever question if you're a believer at all? Well, considering that it's so new, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've spent most of my life, you know, questioning it. What causes you the most doubt? I I think what for most of my life what's caused me the most doubt is the idea of the label of Christianity. I think that label and the things I associate with it were the things that I I doubted the most. It was never I never doubted God being there, but I've doubted I guess religion or the kind of trappings of Christianity and that I I pushed away from it I think because of that and because of what my perception is I don't know if I'm explaining this very well but I feel like kind of the thing that's changed in the past you know few years is the what what it means to follow Jesus versus what it means to have the label of a Christian is very kind of different um, has different meaning, you know, from what I've seen. So I think I, yeah, I spent most of my life doubting, but for the past few years, I, I, that doubt has been plucked out and I don't, I still don't understand how, Oh, I understand how, but I still don't know the workings of how it happened. I still can't follow the, the line of it. But so, but what I know about you is that your faith is authentic. Right. It's not 
oh, I'm just going to believe just to believe. It's very authentic because it was carefully pursued. And there is a, there is a level of having faith in the faith of you, it's impossible for anybody to have answers to all the questions, but it was a beautiful two years that we were able to spend together in the mentor group and watching you take this journey and asking all the questions and watching what it did to you as a person in, in being able to answer some of those questions, but even not even having all of your answers, but yet believing. And I can say it is, it is hard to pinpoint. You make that decision. I, to become a Christian and place your faith in him, but how you got there, I feel like those are just the workings of the Holy spirit. I I won't understand it. And I don't need to. Right. And there's a lot of things that I feel like I I always need to understand, but that, that need is gone. I don't know. So yeah, to circle back, I I have had a lot of time of doubt, um, but not, not right now. Not now. So let's let's switch over to the children. Do you think your children and friends, and they're really young right now, but it would be interesting to hear your answer to this. Do you think your children and friends see your marriage as beautiful? I I think so. I think so. I don't. I haven't asked. I don't. I don't know for sure. Like in, in thinking about our friends, I know our family um, thinks we have a, a a good connection. I love um, the chemistry between you two. Yeah. I love the chemistry. It's it's so authentic and real and you have fun with each other. And yeah. it, I've always felt very drawn to you. Like mm-hmm. I want to get to know you more and, and getting to know you more. I want to know Matt more. That makes me feel good because it's, you never know from the outside what it looks like. I mean, I think, I think I can say that like I genuinely, he's, it sounds so trite to say he is my best friend, but like, we're friends in talking about news or ideas or things we read about. And we're not, we're not two people kind of parallel people, you know, just kind of moving things about in our life. Like we really genuinely miss talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's something I didn't expect. That's something when I thought about being married, I thought, well, it's just the, you know, the butterflies were off and then you're, you know, you're kind of roommates. Right which says a lot for my regard for marriage. <laughs> um, but he's, I love who, I love his character. I love who he is. And I always tell him it's, you know, I'm lucky I get to be married to you because I think, you know, who you are is is a pretty cool person. So I don't know for sure from the outside. I, I think so. No. I would say that most people that I've been around and who know you have called you a very quality individual who it is you being authentic is so contagious that it's I think other people want to be just as vulnerable and transparent as you are. That's a big compliment. It's so refreshing. That's a big compliment. Because everybody's about keeping an image, keeping an image. And you're just like, here it is, take it or leave it. And it allows them to relax and know, Oh, okay, well, I don't have to have it all together. And, and here you're very open about your struggles and and you celebrate the things that you're great at. <laughs> so it's it's a very refreshing personality, especially amongst women yeah. who are afraid to let their guard down. That's a big compliment. That's a really big compliment. Yeah. More than anything for me, especially. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's and I hope the reason. kids, I hope they see that. That's what I'm hoping. What I'd like for them to grow up and see are two people that genuinely like each other and being around each other, mm-hmm. not two people that are focused on the children. And I mean that in a bad way. I just, I want them to kind of, you know, see God, us, and then them is what we're hoping to kind of illustrate. Right. Um, because, you know, one of my questions was, do you focus too much attention or not enough attention on the children? And probably not enough attention. <laughs> I mean, they, I keep them, I, we keep it together for them. But I mean, there's times when Matt and I are having conversations and he's like, mommy, milk, 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 milk. And I'm like, <laughs> we are talking about something very important. We'll get back to you. So no, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to get a healthy balance of it, of meeting their needs, but also teaching them that they're not the center of the universe. Right. I feel like that's healthy. I feel like children start learning that at home by watching, you know, their parents with them. Right. So not very far in, but. No, but it's, it's, it starts early. Yeah. It starts early. I think it's Sandra Stanley that says the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah. I don't believe that. Austin is already done with two years of med school. Already? Already. Oh my god! He has two more years of med school and then three years of residency. I mean, yeah, it still sounds like, oh my gosh, five more years. But he's halfway done with med school. I feel like he just went. I feel like he just went there. (laughs) Right? And so it does fly by. I mean, it, you know, Luke will be in middle school before you know it. It makes me nervous. (laughs) It makes me nervous. (laughs) So let's touch on family. Do you like the way Matt responds to your family and what could he do to improve? Yeah. I mean, I I can, I can really praise him for that because he, he embraces because my family is my mom. Right. Um, and he embraces her. I mean, it's, it's still a mother-in-law. I mean, there's certain boundaries for a mother-in-law, but he embraces and he loves her without question. There's never been like a struggle there, which is interesting. And he's even more than me. Sometimes he has a a beautiful way of looking at people and it's usually through a lens of acceptance. So when he, he looks at my mom, you know, he sees her as, you know, someone to love, someone to be kind to and someone to invite into our family. And it's, it's been that way from day one. That is so beautiful. It is. And it's given me a, a model because that's, I don't come at it with that same, you know, I'm much more difficult, you know, he's got a big family and trying to fit into that. It's, it's challenging. Right. Um, but even the way, I mean, if I can praise him in another way, one of the the coolest things that he's done from the very beginning is he, once he married me, he put me first Mm -hmm. over his family. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until we were, you know, several years in what, what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, and unwaveringly, he has always been, if there's a challenge with his family, he will offer to step up or step up to resolve or protect me because that's, that's kind of priority number one. I love that. And it's really special. Those are two things that I don't think that unless I'd had him show me, I would even know to do. Or, or it would be easy to take for granted. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny that he will, he'll jump in with it to shield me from his family or to, to mediate. But his mother did such a great job raising an independent man. It's kind Mm -hmm. of a funny kind of push and pull there, but she did such a great job that he will, you know, his wife is first and foremost and Mm -hmm. that's really special. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. 
talk about feeling love. I know. Cause I'm, you know, you get this whole other family and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. And he's right. like, he's yeah. modeling well. Yeah. He really does. You know, that's, that's one of his strong points. Yeah. I can say Russ treated my mom just like his mom. When he would travel down there, he'd stay with her instead of in a hotel and said that he had the same feeling when he would walk into her place like he did when he walks into his mom's place. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, you couldn't ask for anyone better. And and when she would struggle financially, he says, I don't want you ever to stress out financially. We will always take care of you. Wow. I mean, that that, that didn't come from me asking him. He just said that, it. He yeah, just, that was him on his own. Because he would overhear her talking to me about a bill and stressing out. And he'd get on the phone and he goes, I don't want you to worry about that. We will always cover you. Wow. And so he just always was trying to make sure that her stress levels would stay down, especially with her cancer the last 11 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was it was really beautiful to watch. So I can really relate. And you don't even know, like, without even asking for it, for that just to happen, it's just a very unique person. It's a, yeah, it's a huge gift to the relationship, for sure. So we've talked about how Matt loves you and how he loves your family. Do you feel that he respects you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he he shows me respect in, in a lot of ways. He shows a lot of respect for my intelligence and my ideas. And m- me as a woman, like, he's he's always been very respectful supportive of your creative work yes and all of that he's an absolute cheerleader in it and i mean if i i could he's had reason in the past where i've struggled with it where he could have you know pulled that away from me and and he never has he's always kind of believed in me more than than i have at times it's he's always been respectful i think that I've, i've watched him and i think that came from his mom too you know she kind of, there's an expectation for, you know, boys to, her boys to treat women a certain way. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely feel valued. Yeah, she did a good job. Yeah, really good job. What do you most wish you both could do in the future to make an impact on our world for Christ? See that, I should have put an X by that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a complicated question. I don't know if I can, I can offer it. I think. There's the immediate kind of personal goal of, I think, raising children that are kind and generous is, is really important to me because I think that and that's your legacy there. And that's if you can if you can raise children that are kind and generous, who knows how many people that will touch that, that's bigger than yourself. Um, in, in terms of like what I, like actually action or doing something, immediate. I mean, I know that I'd eventually like to somehow be involved with a nonprofit so that I can use somehow my talent or our talent to put toward um, something that's that's in pursuit of goodness and, and bigger than myself. But we haven't kind of like formed that idea fully of what we'd like to do. Matt on a daily basis, I mean, that's why he's chosen his career path because he feels like if he can use his talents to help these nonprofits with with donors, then he's somehow touching on something that, that mm-hmm. brings goodness into the world. But I don't. We don't really have. We haven't sat down and thought about. It might be something. Now that we have this question worth saying, like, what do you know? You plan for retirement. Maybe we should plan and think about like what you know, what we want to do. You know? And you might be in a time of preparation right now because I love that your thoughts on that 
because he is in the perfect situation where he's learned the back end of how these nonprofits are structured and work. You have this unbelievable creative talent that, you know, could really be the, the perfect marriage of you two running a nonprofit. That so be. that would be really neat to see. But right now, and, and again, one thing I've learned is, you know, I was in the corporate world for 20 years and then I did a small business for five years and now I'm working in these two nonprofits is that you don't have to have an answer today, but that everything that you're doing right now is preparing you. I hope so. I hope it's coming toward, you know, there's something that will eventually shape up for yeah. you know, where we're supposed to be. Because I was working on so many different random things and they're all starting to come together. Like it makes sense that I was, you know, learning some marketing background. It's helping me teach and learn how to launch this ministry moving forward from all the marketing stuff I've learned. So it's, 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 it's all going to come together. And I think it is really important. I was just writing up my goals on the plane, flying back home. Um, we went down to my brother's place this weekend to clean out all my mom's stuff. And on the way back, I was putting down all of my 2017 goals. And Russ pulled up an email from 2014, the goals we wanted for 2015. And as we read through them, now mind you, it was just an email that we had put together. We had reached all of our goals wow. that we had set out. And I mean, it was so powerful looking over that that it just showed me and reminded me that if you put a goal in place, now I don't ever remember looking back at that list. And, but I, I heard this um, graduating college that if you write down your goals, that you'll have a 97% chance of reaching them, but huh. only 3% of people actually do it. Huh. So who, what percent percentage of that do you want to be? Yeah. And so that's always been very powerful and has stuck with me. And seeing that this weekend again, I was like, every single time I've, I've, I just need to continue to, to put those goals in writing. That's good. To, good they, to do, they do, they do take effect and something Russ and I did, and we've been guilty of it lately. We're probably two years behind, but we had put together a 10 year goal hmm. and we hit it. And now we're in that next phase where we need to, I think becoming empty nesters has kind of left us waffling a bit. You know, you spend your whole life, especially for Russ, you know, bringing up these beautiful children. And then it's like, and he has a very full life with his work and friends and our marriage. But um, at the same time, you lose a little bit of your foundation, your footing. You know, you have to kind of get reestablished because you're shifting so much in your relationship with your children. And Austin's out in the Northwest going to Seattle and Portland and Denver. So, so he's in the Northwest now. He's not in Australia anymore? No, he's actually been home for three weeks. He took his big, huge licensing exam. How'd he do? Um, we won't know for three to four weeks. Okay. What you think in this day so, and age? He would, it was an eight-hour test. You would think they would know at the end of that day, right? Just put yeah. the – unless there were some essay questions. That's the only reason why I think it takes three to four weeks. But yeah. anyways, yeah, he's, he's, he's done that. And so – Thankfully, he thought ahead to have a really fun trip to blow some steam. Good for him. But the, I asked Russ the other day, I said, where is he staying? And he's like, I don't know. And I don't think I want to know. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> Austin's so frugal. He'll stay in hostels. You know, he'll, you know, he'll, 
you'll get by. <laughs> and as a parent, you don't want to know. You're just like, please be safe. That's all I care about. Just please be safe. And so having that change of not knowing every minute of every second where your children are, it's it's an adjustment. Oh my gosh, I can't even, I can't imagine. Yeah. You spend so much of your life trying to like. Always. It's like ever present. Even at night when you're like, you're going to sleep, you, you wonder and worry. It's, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. And I, and it is interesting how our culture takes us through. I want to say both kids at the age of 12, there was a distinct difference in them where, you know, they'd be on the couch curled up with you more so Chandler than Austin. But at 12, they both, you felt that pulling away, that slow pulling away. And then at 16, when they're driving, oh, forget about it. You know, they're gone as often. Like they'll run errands. Like you're like, this is great, but it is part of that pulling away. And at 18, either it's cultural or it's innate in us. But at 18, they're just like, okay, it's time to go. And you're like, okay, I I know it's time for you to go. But my heart doesn't want you to. So hard. Yeah. And so it's it's a it's a real tug. I think and maybe because I came into it at midstream when the kids were um six and ten, is I always would hear parents say, Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm ready for them to go. And maybe because, you know, my stepkids were so you know, yes, we had our challenges, but they were so lovely Mm -hmm. that I didn't want them to go. Like I really enjoy them coming home and being around them. So I would say the transition was harder than, oh, yay, we're free kind of feeling. Okay. So we're at that place now where we need to reset our goals. And I think we're two years late in doing it because of that shift we just went through. Okay. So to put some stuff down. <laughs> yeah. I just put some new goals down, but I would, I would definitely encourage you to, to, even if you just write them down and put them in a drawer. Yeah, we need to put mm-hmm. them on email so you can always pull them back up. I'm telling you, it'll shock you. Yeah. Maybe I think we haven't actually ever tried to actually put things down outside of budgetary stuff, but yeah. I mean, that might be worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. During one of our staff meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm whining about. Well, Kelly, I love that you were willing to have this conversation online. For Is other, it done? Are all the questions done? We're all done. No way. And I just thank you for your transparency and being willing to share in, in hopes that people will learn from your story. I hope so. And your authenticity. I hope so. And, um, you might have to edit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very grateful for you. Thank you. Want some more insight on how to strengthen your marriage? You can find new blogs posted every week and a new live monthly webinar. Just go to intentionalmarriages.net. That's intentionalmarriages with an S dot net, N-E-T. Thank you and stay intentional.